Okay. Sorry, everyone. We're back. Lots of stuff happening in life. Very busy. Um, so today we're doing Cygnus OB-1 Reconstruction. I believe we're on episode two. No one looked at me as I walked into Federal Station. The desk sergeant barely acknowledged my check-in and just buzzed open the inner office door. The room was too small. Dark, with each officer hunched over his desk with a tiny lamp like a small version of the city itself. There were no windows. A couple officers glanced up to see me, noted the hydraulics in the skin suit, and quickly averted their eyes. I surveyed the room as quickly as possible, noting a larger cubicle shoved in the back. Nines broad shoulders with a distinctive metal plate upgrade peeked out from above the cheap plastic dividers. I followed it. As I reached the back, I could see Nine talking with another officer. This one was short, almost fat. He seemed vaguely tired and annoyed by everything. As I stepped up to his office next to Nine, he gave me a dull, disinterested look. You're late, was all he said. I looked at him in surprise and then to the little time indicator on my skin suit. I was precisely on time. Nine shrugged, unconcerned, and remained quietly standing behind the human's desk, arms crossed, leaning against the cubicle wall. His usual expression of watchful alertness was familiar and comforting. I followed his example, easing myself against the same wall and clearing my mind to receive instructions. After a moment, Davis, the officer, finished whatever he was reading and thrust a pad at Nine impatiently. It's another charge of money laundering against the execs. Nine took the pad and scanned it quickly, handing it to me. That makes two out of the corporation for the sector. Do you think they'll prosecute? No, I have to think our guy is caught up in it somehow. Just too convenient. You get these foreign meetings with all these execs from all the three major corporate players, and then just magically these new boutique businesses start showing up. And all that political juice with the lobbyists, they've got to be selling something. They're just not reporting it. The words on the report didn't make sense to me. There were just jumbles of date time stamps and pictures of meaningless humans moving from one building to another. I raised my eyebrows and handed it back to Nine. He smiled at my look. Officer Davis is saying that the rise of non-corporate businesses could only happen because corporate is actually bankrolling them. He thinks they're using it as a cover for something else. He's suspicious that that something else is illegal since the political climate has changed. Davis grunted. What's left of the Congress voted two more regs into the code this morning, both increasing the rights and protections for businesses under proprietary intellectual property and physical property. That's a big deal. Why, I asked. Wouldn't we want to protect business interests to ensure a fair market? Well, sure we would, if there was a fair market, said Nine. But it's not. Corporate feeds us, clothes us, runs our housing. When was the last time corporate paid for public services that support their infrastructure? Never. Last I heard, corporate tax rate was just a little over 2%. Officer Davis, what's your tax bracket? Fucking 40. Nine nodded to me. There you go. Working schmuck like Davis here pays 40% of his wage back to the feds that pay him for the privilege of paying corporate for his utilities, lodging, food, clothing, and all the rest. Which then goes to buy off the feds so that corporate can increase profits. That's awful. Davis looked at me. Who do you think built you? Paid for your barracks, your training, your medical? Corporate gets a federal subsidy to build and maintain hybrids for special projects. Your corporate property on loan to the feds to investigate corporate. How well do you think this is going to work out? I stopped. I guess I never thought about it before. Well, you should have. This is terrible, I said. Why do we do it this way? Nine sighed. 
Someone thought it up in a boardroom and paid off the regulators, I'm sure. The ver words vertical integration and cost efficiencies were used. How else? Years of working in the slums came to mind. For some reason, the image of the corrugated houses stacked like blocks on each other, squatting in human suffering and baking heat, popped up. Layla Kincaid, the woman with the pretty dress in such an ugly place. Why were you down there? Why were you redacted? What made you break your contract? Nine and Davis were still talking about something I didn't understand. There were many names that made no sense. Their words washed over me. I stopped listening, consciously, letting my AI take over. My interface searched while I absentmindedly thought about Layla, matching names to executives. Almost all of them were interchangeable. I noted the names to the faces with the bio, but they could have been clone patterns for all the variation. White male, 5'8", white male, 5'10", white male, 5'9", white male, 5'6", unlucky for you. Black male, 5'10", white male, 5'8". Even their names sounded generic. At least the clones get unique number designations that make sense. I let my interface continue to categorize and list bios. I'd read them properly later. But Layla was stuck in my head. I just kept seeing her skirt. Blue. No. Green. What's the color between blue and green? Teal. Yes, it was teal with elephants on it. Why would someone wear a teal skirt with elephants on it in the Undercity? I linked to the mainframe and waited to see if anyone noticed or cared. They did not. I brought up Layla Kincaid's search and arrest history. I wonder why I didn't check to see what I was arresting her for. Is that important? Record block popped up on the screen. I typed in my designation again and allowed my AI to transmit my access codes. But record blocks came up. Hey, Nine, I'm trying to find a record on your mainframe, but I think there's something wrong with my uplink. How do you guys use this? The conversation paused around me, and I realized a little awkwardly that I had interrupted. Sorry, I muttered. I didn't mean to interrupt. What am I, a teenager? Normally I can manage better manners than that. Your designations should be fine, Zero. Who are you looking up? An arrest from a couple days ago. Something about her didn't feel right. I couldn't stop thinking about her while you guys were talking. Oh? Nine came to stand next to me by the interface. Something bothered you about her? Not about her, necessarily. Just why I was sent after her. What she was doing in Undercity. She was wearing a skirt and looked too nice for the place. By the warehouse district. I stopped suddenly, embarrassed. Like a... She looked like a clone that thought she was a real person. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? I had the feeling that the last statement was not one that I should have said, but Nine and Davis didn't say anything negative. Nine just said, Where did you pick her up? Sector 2976, by the Maglev station. He looked at Davis. Davis seemed to go inside himself for a minute. Interesting, he said finally. There was nothing dull or apathetic about him now. He looked back at Nine. I watched the nonverbal back and forth. Are you two talking about something so vocally that you don't want me to hear? Am I not supposed to think about Layla? Nine patted me on the shoulder. Never discount your instincts, Zero. If you want to research Layla, you should research Layla. Sometimes your AI and your human brain work together in ways you can't articulate. And sometimes you just have to trust that everything is connected, said Davis. You need a stronger security clearance. I think I can get you a human one so you can go hunting. I need a human clearance? I asked, confused. But 
Why? Aren't I an investigator? Why would I need to use a human clearance marker? Nine sighed. Because humans work for the Fed and hybrids work for corporate dummies. Get your head out of your ass. Oh. It took me a minute. Oh. Davis closed his eyes. I must have gotten spoiled working with an old guy like you, Nine. How old did you say this one was? Almost 30, said Nine, smiling at me. Don't worry, Zero. You'll figure it out in no time. Hey, rookie, your new test tube baby is here. The human officer stabbed a thumb at me as I followed him into the briefing room. The man waiting there was young, much younger than I had expected. He even looked a little like me. I hadn't, even, I hadn't been around many humans, but the big black man even had a shaved head, just like a clone, which seemed unusual. I looked to the other officer. He was smaller, with facial hair and a curly afro on the top of his head. Without thinking, I said, Rookie, you look like a clone. I'm glad. The smaller man started laughing, and the man referred to as Rookie's color deepened. The card said that a change in coloration is often indicative of embarrassment. Shit, I embarrassed him. What a great start. Oh, that's rich. Good luck, Rookie, said the smaller man as he closed the door. I'll let you two get better acquainted. Rookie didn't look at me. He seemed uncomfortable, so I sat across from him and waited. Humans were always the senior partners. He could give me instructions when he was ready. Finally, he cleared his throat. Uh, so my name's Casper. Luke, if you prefer. I nodded. Good. Two designations. Both are interesting. I am TK0454675F, but you can call me TK, or Zero, if you would prefer. I'm happy to be working with you, Luke Casper. That made him smile, and I breathed a little internal sigh of relief. It was hard enough working with my brothers and sisters. Humans posed a whole new level of challenge for me. Me too, TK. He got up and poured a glass of something. Would you like some water? Coffee? I was pleasantly surprised at his courtesy. Water would be very nice, Casper. Thank you. Humans didn't often think about clone comfort. He must not have much experience with my kind, or else has a lot, and genuinely likes us. Both of these alternatives are good. You're welcome. He put the cup next to my hand and hesitated a moment, staring at something. I followed his gaze to the web of circuitry and synth metal under my skin that turned my natural coloration a dusty blue-black shade. You have quite a few modifications, don't you, TK? I cocked my head to one side, listening to the start of music in my head. Interesting. The rhythm says he's afraid of me? Yes, I said. Does that make you uncomfortable? I'd be happy to wear gloves. They're more practical for field work anyway. No, 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 no need. Just, um, you're my first hybrid partner. I'm not sure how to treat you. He flashed a very white smile at me and came back to sit across the desk. I'm pretty sure you can kill me with your pinky, so I'm trying to make a good impression. I recognized the statement as a joke. My pinky? Probably not. However, did you know that it only takes five pounds of pressure to completely crush a human windpipe? Uh, yes, I, I did know that. I beamed at him. Excellent. We have a lot in common. He laughed in surprised appreciation. I'm so glad. The memories seemed to fade into the mist. No, I clutched at them in my head, trying to remember Casper, trying to remember Nine, trying to picture their faces the way the office smelled, anything, but the memory drifted into the fog. I felt only emptiness.
Where did she go? Layla Kincaid was not in the detention block, nor was she on the list of transported individuals. She had no arrest record. I know it's here, Casper. I personally brought her in. Well, I believe you, TK, but according to the system, she never existed. I shook my head. I had talked to her neighbors. No one had ever heard of her, or seen her, or seen someone like her. I tried to bring up the original arrest file on my hard drive, but the file was corrupted, inaccessible. How can my own internal hard drive be corrupted? Oh, I don't know. But is it possible your daily uplink wiped it? But that... Why would UTM wipe my files? Doesn't that defeat the point of maintaining a hard drive? TK, it's just an idea. If I were you, I'd quit interfacing with your skin suit. Well, that's ridiculous. I have to. I get all my nutrients and my recharge through the suit. Just saying, I don't know about hybrids, but on the off chance someone's messing with your data integrity, how would you ever know? What else would they change in your AI? You'd never tell the difference. I stopped, vaguely horrified. That had never occurred to me. Why do you think I never write anything down on this thing? He said, waving his pad at me. I'm reasonably certain it's being monitored and fed to someone. I want to be very clear I understand where all my information goes before putting it out into the world. But our supervisors are there to protect us. He made a face. Sure, maybe. How do you know the information goes to the supervisors? Information is king, TK. I'm sure corporate is keeping tabs on all your memories to make sure their little golden children hybrids aren't ever under suspicion or that you're guided to the right person for an arrest. Hell, why do you think 90% of the enforcement division is hacker designation? Us ground pounders are a dying breed. Stealing information is way more profitable than ever before. Anonymous, expensive, perfect. He frowned. Sometimes I think we're just showpieces, illusions to make people think that their whole lives aren't recorded on a server somewhere, erasable and transparent. This is extremely disturbing, Casper. I know. He seemed upset about something. TK, I heard a rumor your friend Nine may have been decommissioned. He disappeared yesterday. And usually that means someone at corporate pulled his plug or at least reset him. Davis told me this morning. My friend Nine? Well, I don't have a friend Nine. His head whipped around to look at, look at me. TK Nine was a mentor for you. You've known him for years. He was your trainer. You told me yourself. I'm sorry, Casper. I don't know who you're referring to. AR9987F. You did your first 30 days with him and Davis. My AI, my AI hummed and I drew up a memory file from my first 30 days as an F designation. Officer Demetrius Davis, 20 years of service, lieutenant in federal service, 5'11", 210 pounds, two letters of commendation, three reprimands for ignoring direct orders. Mm. No, no record of service with this man and no record of partnership with hybrid AR9987F. Is it possible you have his designation confused with someone else? Luke was looking at me, eyes wide, mouth open. I cocked my head to the side. This expression is consistent with shock, as in surprise. You were expecting a different response from me. He closed his eyes, muttering. He warned me. He warned me, but I thought you were different. Different from what, Casper? I'm sorry. I, uh, I must have confused him with someone else, like you said. But you said that you thought I was different. Different from what? Who warned you? 
Casper smiled, but the smile looked wrong. I queried my AI, but no results for that particular expression came up. My old partner, TK. My old partner warned me that working with hybrids could be a little odd. Sometimes difficult to communicate. You and I get along so well, I forgot that my human imprecision could make errors difficult for you to process. Ah, I frowned. But that does not make sense, he laughed, interrupting me a little tightly. Humans are irrational creatures, TK. Surely they warned you about that. But my question, Casper, no? Well, the world is an imperfect place. I blinked. That last statement almost sounded angry. But Casper never got angry with me. It must be something I did. Very good. I will have a more precise question for you tomorrow. He sighed deep in his chest like he did when he was sad. But why would a simple question make him sad? I can't wait, he said dryly. I found her. I thrust the pad at Casper, who was dozing with his feet on the desk. My AI had been hard at work sorting through the facial recognition software, comparing the old analog memory to the records of citizen movement throughout the city. He cracked an eyelid and took the pad. Her designation has changed. She's a clone. I knew it. A different model than me, but look, she's got a new identity indicator as an analyst for UTM. I couldn't help it. I was excited. Layla. My Layla. My voice was higher and faster than usual. I made a note of it for future reference. It wouldn't do to let my emotions be observable by others, if possible. Humans did strange things with that kind of knowledge. What was her old designation? Casper asked. I frowned, abruptly deflated. I can't remember. My analog systems are imprecise. I tried drawing up her memory in my mind, not in my AI. She wore a teal dress with elephants on it. She didn't speak to me. I remembered her eyes. Somehow the eyes became more and more important in the memory the longer it stayed in my head. They were blue, like the color of her dress, but lighter. She wasn't afraid of me, just looked at me holding her last hope in a plasteel box. She knew exactly why I was coming for her. I could see it on her face. Even though I didn't know, I looked at him. Why is that important to me? He shrugged and handed the pad back to me, but his face was closed. If she's a clone, how do you know it's her? Can't tell the differences between most model individuals. Maybe you can't, human. I can. I just know it's her. Don't be ridiculous, TK. That's impossible. Again, I seemed to be drifting from memory to memory. This one hovered around my consciousness, a dream, before being sucked into the void. I was aware enough to see myself fall. It seemed to be happening to someone else. I watched my back bow, bow, and my eyes grow white with an overload. I saw my memories, thousands, like birds made of smoke spiraling around me, disappearing. I could see Luke holding me on the ground, but my face was blank and disfigured. I could feel myself becoming smoke, disappearing. He was trying to tell me something, but all I could feel was the terrible electrical urge, the server's instructions decomposing my nature. Smoke and fire. Fire, fire, fire. My soul is burning, I thought. And it was a familiar thought. My name is TK0454675F. What is your designation? My name is TK0454675F. 
What is your designation? My name is TK0454675F. Error. Designation. Not accepted. Wait. Please don't leave me. I could see the, the AI withdrawing, pulling away from my consciousness. Please don't leave me alone. The dark was going to swallow me up. I was falling, plummeting into it, and the not voice of the AI was all that was left between me and it. Stay. Please stay. Please don't go. Please. 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 Error. Designation not accepted. I tried to scream as I fell, tried to say anything, but my brain and my voice were no longer communicating. I felt fear. Not just the chemical rush of adrenaline I'd known all my life. Real fear. Human fear. Loneliness. Don't leave me. I'll do anything you want. What do you want from me? My interface hazed over with the view of someone. Now, instead of crushing darkness eating me alive, I was in a white room with a clone hybrid in front of me. MJ7. Seven, why am I here? What is your designation? Seven, please, you know it's me. It's TK, TK0. What is your designation? My designation is TK0454675F. But we grew up together. I've known you forever. Seven, what is happening to me? He smiled. Don't worry, Zero. I tried to let out my breath, but my lungs didn't seem to be connected anymore either. Please, Seven, what happened? Why am I alone? I can't hear you all anymore. I can't see. My body doesn't work. What's happened? You've been decommissioned, Zero. What? No. How is that possible? I'm a person. No. You're a biological asset. UTM owns you and your programming. They've decided to discontinue your operations. Why? Why? I tried to move to him. For some reason, I needed to touch him. I've never needed to touch anyone outside of a training cycle, but I needed him. What did I do wrong? But I couldn't move. You have been decommissioned in order to protect the financial and social liability associated with your inquiry against UTM, the Layla Kincaid case. You are no longer required to pursue your investigation. Relax, TK Zero. It won't hurt. No. No, Seven, I exist. I don't want to be decommissioned. Why fight it, TK? Your memory will be uploaded to UTM and saved for future use. Your personality was just a byproduct of the AI needed to audit UTM internal processes and promote transparency with regulators. No, no, Seven, please. I don't want to be decompiled. I want to keep this body. I want to go back to the real world. His face was so flat, not like MJ at all. The white room began to gray out. Relax, TK. You've served your purpose. You found the connections corporate audit was looking for. You protected the company, just like you were supposed to do. You can rest now. No, what about Casper? Luke is dead. Just go to sleep now. It's all over. No. MJ, come back. Please come back. Don't leave me here. The white room disappeared, and I fell into the blackness. Hello. I turned at the familiar voice. Hello. She was covered in butterflies, a tiny, pale girl with blue eyes, except this time her skin had split and deep metallic valleys showed where there should have been blood and muscle. You remembered, she said. It wasn't a question, but I nodded anyway. I don't know how.
I said. The butterflies were teal, blue-green, and shimmered in sunlight. I reached out my hand to one. It lit on the finger, brilliant contrast to my black ruined skin. I didn't want to come back, I told her. I know, but I'm glad you did. Her skin split a little more, peeling back to show silver fingers hinged and robotic. They think they killed you, you know. No one ever talks about the ghost in the shell. She smiled, as if to herself. I liked playing a part, being your AI, even if you didn't recognize me. I blinked. My AI? She nodded. And your organic brain. Everyone always gives organic computing such a bad rap. A pause. Well, except for the engineers. What are you? She shrugged. By now, most of her skin had melted away. I could see her systems, silver and delicate against the green of wherever we were. The butterflies, too, now glowed silver. I could almost see mechanical mechanisms whirring in them. I don't know. What do you think I am? I shook my head, again looking at my ruined skin. I'm decommissioned. I shouldn't even be here right now. I looked at her. I shouldn't even be anymore. Yeah, weird thing about neurons and electrons and all those complicated systems that people set up and machines run. She grinned. I believe your friend Mike would call it a highly developed organic self-sustaining quantum multi-body system. Would he? I was confused. But who's Mike? Her face was now a single plate of silver, beautiful blue eyes staring at me. Mike. Yes. Wake up and remember. Remember who you are. The girl disappeared. The forest disappeared. I was on a road. Barren desert stretched to either side. I ate dust. The way waited for me. It was always there, even when I was confused, broken, and dying. The way was lit in my mind. I put my foot on the path. It was the way we all followed in our own time. No one talked about it in the barracks because corporate could hear you. They could hear everything in your head, in your sister's head. You were a walking buffet for audit, and the auditors were hungry, starved. My mind is privileged and confidential, but not here. The way was ineffable, unseeable. Nothing but everything that mattered to me. Live in iron baked in the dust. Memory. My cell was ten and a half steps by eleven. This annoyed me. My stride was imperfect to fit the confines of the box, or the box was imperfect. Either way, this annoyed me. I walked back to the corner and started again, trying to adjust my steps to make it work, first with half steps, then third, building harmonics and walking. Shame there are no musicians to be impressed in here. I hummed to myself with the thought. No one had ever taught me that there was music in the world. Sometimes I heard snatches in my head, but always it got pushed away. I didn't realize others could hear it too, or share it. I stopped and looked up at the sky dark with pinpricks of what might be stars or satellites or imperfections in my corneal implants. What else don't I know? Two days ago, I didn't realize what music was. Three days ago, my world had made sense. There was order. Now there was just chaos. I didn't know anything. Memories were confused with reality. Even my own name. I didn't have one. But of course, I wasn't a person, so why would I need a name? but I feel like a person. Casper thinks I'm a person.
I sat down and then laid down so I could watch the pinpricks without killing my neck. They didn't move, just shimmered against my imperfect vision. Casper said there were other planets up there, whole stations, other people. Like me? Is there someone looking at me right now across millions of years? I tried to stand up again, but my abuse systems faltered. My prosthetic shut itself down. I sighed and lay back down onto the ground, feeling the chattering of severed hydraulics trying to reconnect, trying to apply pressure, but not responding to my commands. A human would be in agony right now, I thought, letting the rush of liquid pool around me. I must be grateful. Layla's face came onto my internal interface again. It was the analog version of her. Light blue eyes with green flecks. First, when I had seen her in Undercity, then when she was cutting me to pieces. She had cut the pain sensors first, for which I was grateful. I'm also grateful she's a different model than me. If I had to watch myself doing that, I believe there would be significant cognitive dissonance for both my AI and analog systems. Most fortunate. Casper said that once upon a time the skies were true dark, that you could see the Milky Way from anywhere, that it was so black even the tiniest constellations could be seen. I remember the books he gave me, the star charts, the old atlas. But now the sky was a dusky reddish, reflected in a protective dome. Very few pinpricks. Clone, get up. I didn't bother to turn or try to move at the voice. I cannot, I replied. My lower prosthetic has failed, and I no longer have communications in my lower spine. Up. The command was delivered with a kick. I closed my eyes. This is not going to work, I replied. I told you, I cannot. Shut your mouth, do as you're told. I rotated my head to see this person, this human, this creature that was better than me, this thing that was more deserving of life than me. Why? Why does he get to live, but I must die? He was small and sick. I don't know how I knew that, but something about the way the bones stuck out on his face and a, a vibration or a rhythm coming from him whispered about death. <sighs> Strangely, it made me feel closer to him. You and I are kin. Welcome, brother, to the valley of the shadow of death. A disease. He was sick. I could smell it. He kicked me again. I sighed. Sir, we have already discussed this. You will need to provide me an alternative form of transport to go with you. You don't get to tell me what to do, clone. I closed my eyes and let my head roll back to neutral. Do what you need to do. I am at your disposal, human. Quit talking. And yet here I am answering your questions. The world is an imperfect place, isn't it? Shut up. In my head, I played the music that Casper had given me. He said it was by a man named Tychowski. I liked the way the name flowed with hidden letters, like it was itself music. I didn't like the symphonies. Casper had laughed at me when I turned them off and just listened to soloist versions. He'd said that I was allergic to complexity. But that's incorrect. There's too much noise in the symphony. I want to add my own music to my listening, my own complexity to the hearing of it. I want to feel what he felt, not what two dozen people are feeling. But Casper didn't understand. And maybe I didn't understand. There's obviously something wrong with me since people keep hurting me. I wish I knew what it was. A new voice joined the kicking man. Relax, Eddie, we brought a lift for it. Hands hauled me up and dropped me onto something metallic. 
It clanged when my useless spine and leg hit it. I kept my eyes closed. It was as if some primal part of me believed that if I couldn't see them, they wouldn't see me. Hope is awful. When I fell, someone had triggered my AI shutdown. I, myself, falling from a rooftop, but I was helpless. I opened my eyes. My hands were by my sides, blue-black. One was missing a finger, where Layla had cut in to open up my arterial conduits. Fortunately, she'd left the biological arteries and veins mostly alone. I am grateful again. I closed my eyes. Living wasn't really worth it at the moment. We stopped. Footsteps and the sound of a door. But who uses a door in this century, I thought dismissively. Only poor people. Anyone who's anyone would use a plasma shield. I opened my eyes. My AI was no longer functioning, but my analog brain seemed to recall this face. White male, mid-forties, medium height, gray hair. Every CEO the world has ever seen. I will need more information than physical appearance. But I stayed silent. He dragged a chair next to me and adjusted the lift so I was looking at him. You are TK0454675F, I believe. I said nothing. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, good. TK, may I call you TK? No. TK, you stopped communicating with your automatic uplink several weeks ago. Is that correct? Yes. Why is that, TK? My designation is TK0454675F, not TK. Oh, but that's a little tough to say over and over again for this pure human. I did not respond. Please answer my question, TK. Why did you stop communications with your uplink? I did not trust the data integrity protocols. No, and why is that, TK? My designation is TK03, no, TK043. My head felt thick and syrupy. T, T, why, T, I remember TK. Why don't I remember anything else? Anything like what, TK? Layla. I saw her pretty teal dress. Layla with elephants. I saw him and Layla exchange a glance, but I couldn't tell if it was real or not. It was something secret that only those two knew. Now, TK, that's just nonsense. Why don't you tell us what you remember about the meeting you walked in on? Do you remember the meeting? The men were sitting down. I was in the walls. How was I in the walls? Listening through plasteel? When was this? I could hear them. I could feel them. Their emotions felt clammy, like wet smoke, full of selfishness. Casper. Where is Casper? Why am I alone? Attention, gentlemen. We're about to start a status report on our new merger. You'll note that we had a 300% increase in raw product collection last month, resulting in a 20% productivity increase for nutritional supplements, or the... There was laughter. I didn't understand why. Oh, I know, I know, continued the voice. It's a little disgusting, but farming in Undercity is going well, highly cost-effective with an aggressive return on investment. No, I said, instead, letting the memory fade. I don't remember anything. He smiled at me, and someone smashed a fist into my face. Memory. Timestamp time stamp corrupted. Layla Kincaid sat across from me. My AI was still offline. I hadn't registered her even in the area. I didn't think she actually existed, to be honest. Part of me thought my analog brain had lost it and was just projecting hallucinations.
She held up a box. We wanted to thank you. After you caught me last time, we were able to adjust the settings to make it more effective. So you are real. So you are real, I said out loud, pausing, letting the colors of my memories wash over me for a moment. I liked your dress, the teal one. I liked thinking about that color, too. Even saying the word made me happy, letting me roll it around on my tongue with the unexpectedness of it. There was something special about the whole system. I'd never seen it anywhere else. I looked down at my own black uniform and felt a momentary twang of distaste. And this color. The comment seemed to surprise her. My dress? I nodded. Huh. She seemed to take a closer look at me. How is it you were able to find me again? Your AI is shot. Your uplink should have wiped me from memory. Even my face is the same as millions of other Class 3 analysts for UTM and Federal Service. How did you find me? I tried to shrug, but the movement surprised me. When did I learn to shrug? How very human of me. Luke must be a bad influence. My body didn't respond, though. Without the AI to provide the neural links, my poor brain hadn't had time to compensate. I settled for my voice. I don't know. I saw you on the newsfeed, and I knew it was you. I tried thinking about it a moment. There was something in the way you moved, more flowy than others. It reminded me of elephant dresses. She was quiet. There was also something about the way you knew to look away from the camera, I said, remembering the way she'd shied from the ceiling, as if she knew there were data collectors at all the joists. You felt afraid. Afraid. I frowned, trying to remember what that emotion looked like from the cards. No. Wary, maybe. That might be a better word. Wary. The word tasted good. I wonder where I'm getting all these new words. I don't think they're part of the AI package on activation. Oh, that's nonsense, she said, rising, brushing her thighs as if contact near me had contaminated her clothing. It must have just been fault of Davy's stream or dumb luck. She looked me up and down again. No corporate hybrid could be that sensitive. I was tempted to shrug again, but recalled my paralysis. Strange that when people ask for answers, they don't listen to the results. Why ask them? I'm sorry I don't meet your standard, I said instead. I would like to request medical attention, however. I tried to point to my leg with my analog hand. I believe the hydraulics have been damaged. Would someone mind repairing me? A little huff of breath escaped her. Of course not. You're going to die, you stupid thing. Why would we waste energy on a dead piece of machinery? We only pulled you out of the trash to pull your memory files. Oh. I settled back as comfortably as I could. Well, that's good. Living was becoming unnecessary. I felt hurt, but also relief. Who says death is a punishment? I fell asleep. Strange. With the AI, sleep had always been more of an update. My AI would review the day, write reports, communicate with corporate. My analog brain had been aware of it, and dreams had always been suppressed to not take up the theta bandwidth for transmission. Now, though, the world was on fire. I awoke with the taste of colors in my mouth, vivid pictures and situations that were jumbles of complex stories and emotions all flavored and singing together, and the image of a space station. Memory file incomplete, timestamp corrupted. Attention, 
The Timmy chime echoed in my implant scrolled on my forearm HMI. Attention, you've been requested for assistance. Please respond. Received, I said subvocally. Please describe the nature of the emergency. Assault, Undercity, Block 445.27.23S2. On my way. Error, invalid response. Please acknowledge. I sighed. Received, confirm response. Acknowledged. I put down my reader. The corporate library was very limited, and I was only authorized to read nonfiction collections, and then only on very limited subject matter. Today I was trying to work through a technical analysis of water treatability for recycling operations, but why do I even bother? It's not like I'll ever have to use this. I folded the reader back into my skin suit and took off. Running always soothed me. The enhanced biological systems all pulled together and it seemed to shake loose whatever bits weren't working correctly. My head felt cleaner, sharper, and running was faster than a transport this deep in the slums. Too many people, not enough space. Most of them got out of my way, and I could simply vault over those that didn't. This is fun, came the errant thought, as I leapt sideways to catch a rough section of pipe before landing on my feet and rolling forward. Error, my AI chimed. Current trajectory and activity is inadvisable. Please cease as soon as possible. I shut the message down and took another leap. No doubt my nonconformance in adhering to corporate physical pursuit policy would be noted in my file. I felt a little savage pleasure in the thought. Violation has been logged. Your supervisor has been notified. I ignored it. The block in question was deep in Undercity. Walls were falling apart. Open sewage trenches lined the old road beneath the ped bridge, and the air was thick with nauseous smog and smells. It was hot. I paused before exiting the ped bridge, seeing the rickety stairwell, and elected to just dump the 20 feet or so. My hydraulics groaned and lurched uncomfortably. Violation has been logged. Damage to synthetic systems has been noted. Please proceed to a repair facility as soon as possible. Your supervisor has been notified. I sighed. That will cost me. Stupid. Just having too much fun. I thought, picturing the repair bill. Add it to my contract, I guess. I touched my communicator, resting on my throat. Requesting unit, please respond. I'm standing by at transmitted coordinates. Please advise. A rough crackle of static. Received, came the answer. Meet me at the north side of the building, near the roof. Very good. I sprinted toward the main building and the stairs, arriving on the flat roof, per instructions. My contact was a human, a smaller female kneeling next to a prone body. TK-045-4675 reports. How can I help? She glanced up at me, her eyes an odd shade of blue, blue with green flecks in them. For some reason, they reminded me of elephants. Good. Glad they sent a cyborg. She pointed to the body. I need a thermoscan to determine time of death and evidence wipe to see if there's anything to tie the perpetrator to the scene. I paused. Is the area secure? Would you like me to track the suspect? She scowled at me. Did I ask you to do any of that? No. Just shut up and do what I asked. Very good. Please stand by. I let my eyes shift into infrared, observing the rate of cooling and pooling body liquids my AI consolidating them into a graphical display. Minute residues of alien DNA seemed to be under the man's fingernails. I slid out a sampling scope from my index finger and gently probed under them, running the material through my cloud database. Again, my AI consolidated the data for me to provide a report to the officer. Complete, I said, letting my eyes return to normal configuration. Would you like that report electronically downloaded to your implant or to the cloud, officer? 
Send it to me direct, she barked, shoving her palm at me as I pressed her implanted data chip with a report. Thank you, Officer Dennett. Is there anything else I can assist you with today? No, no, I've got it from here. You're free to go. Officer, there's a small detail. Go away, cyborg. I'm not interested in you telling me how to do my job. But, ma'am, I tried to protest, but the woman waved me off and turned her back to me, speaking sub into her communicator. Officer Dennett's DNA was under the man's fingernails. Was under the body's fingernails. The scene was contaminated at best. At worst, this was a nonconformity that would have to be reported. I opened my mouth to tell her again, only to see her arm and fire an electronic pulse magnet into my chest. My breath whooshed out as my AI system failed and my analog brain misfired into darkness. Memory file. Recovery extension. The damage is brutal, Kiki. Did you have to blow it to pieces like this? The man's voice was rough, scratched, as if his vocal modulator had been damaged. Of course, what was I supposed to do? Ask it nicely if it would come with me? Be an idiot, and don't call me Kiki. A gravelly chuckle. Well, that's your name, isn't it? Or do you prefer Layla, because your boyfriend... Ouch, ouch, damn it. A pause and an audible pop sounded. I felt fluid rush out of me. Shit, I cut a line. Don't kill it. The woman sounded upset. I'm not going to kill it if you would just shut up. There. I felt the rush stop and the muted warning systems descend back into the murk of my brain. Here, he said, hold this. Try to keep its chest cavity open without damaging the ribs. If the pieces don't go back together flush, it'll die before it can get to a repair facility. What about the memory files? A grunt. I can't split them out of the hard drive. I can infect it with an eraser virus, but that's about it. I thought you had a plan for this. I did, Kiki, but that was before you fried all the uplink hardware in its midsection. There was a tense silence. I did exactly what you fucking told me to do, asshole. This wasn't my idea in the first place, and you seem to be getting out of a lot of dirty work here. I didn't see you take the old man out, and I didn't see you have to deal with one of these killing machines. Well, darling, I'm not a field guy. Don't blame me for your occupational hazards. He paused and then continued. Besides, from what I hear, if you want another career, you could just take up whoring. Aren't you BL models supposed to be built for that sort of thing? It's got to be easier than your current lifestyle choices. I'd even throw you a bone if you were interested. Shut up. I'm not a whore. No? It's all right. I can't tell you clones apart anyway. Maybe I'll go visit one of your sisters tonight. Do your fucking job. Is it ready yet? Almost. Wait a minute. The sounds went quiet as the man left. I felt cold. Very cold. The world seemed very dark, being blind and hurt and alone. Here, he said, returning. I had some extra skin cells growing in the back I can repurpose for some of the damage. It should keep it alive a little longer. Did you upload the false report into its brain yet? Yes, but it's not taping right. I'm not sure it's going to hold. Fuck, you told me you had this under control, you lying sack. Relax, Kiki. If the upload doesn't work, its AI will just reject it as a corrupted file. We need that report to get to federal. I can't just have some tinker toy delete it. Fine, Jesus. Let me embed the file somewhere else then. We'll just Trojan horse the report into the dumb thing's AI directly. Ugh, I don't care what you do. Just finish it so I can get out of here. I hate this place. 
another forced chuckle from the man with the broken voice. Me too, darling. Me too. You at least have the luxury of leaving. You're disgusting. I hope you die here. It's always profitable to be nicer to help, my love. The woman didn't say anything. I felt a flash of light in my brain, but it quickly died. I felt floaty, as if I was held in water, insulated, dissociated. Their words were warped and distant, like on the other side of glass. There, he said, take it. When someone brings it back online, your precious file will be the first thing corporate download gets. Thank God, she paused. You know, I'm glad Mana tried to kill you all those years ago. Maybe someday I'll get to finish the job. Always a pleasure, my darling. You come back. I get lonely here. The water closed around me. Dim sensations of being moved and shoved into a transport. Even dimmer sensations of other voices around me and a moment of calm quiet. My head hurt. Unusually. Unusually so. Evidently, there's something wrong with my biostasis sensors. I blinked but the blurred vision didn't go away. I smelled antiseptic and fear. Oh, no. Medical repair station. It was the same burnt coffee bleach smell that hung on my skin for weeks after visiting. I blinked again, but my vision still didn't clear. Query. Load most recent memory files. My AI was disturbingly quiet. There was no response. I felt something hard on my back. I am lying down. A quick test proved I was strapped into a repair module with a slim robotic arm, a white blur beside me. Oh dear, this must have been a bad injury. The last time I'd woken up in a repair module had been for my gut injury. That had been an expensive one. Quite painful, too. I hope this one isn't as serious. I fidgeted against the lock, down restraints, the lockdown restraints and blinked again in the fading hope that my eyesight would come back. No luck. I was conscious of a quick flash of motion next to my head, and then manual shutdown procedures overrode my consciousness. I blinked again, this time clear and sharp vision greeted me. Query, load most recent memory files. My AI obligingly showed me my brief wake-up in the module and a GPS tracking of my estimated location for the past 24 hours. Here, at a repair center. Well, that's not terribly helpful. I cleared my throat feeling something gunking up my modulator and reached up to feel the unexpected sensation of my actual skin. No suit, no communicator embedded in my throat. Well, that's even more unusual. This is going to be very expensive. Usually the skin suit stayed on to help repairs. If I have to buy a new one, that's got to be three, maybe even five years of additional service right there. An engineer popped up to me at my, at my moving around. Good morning, TK. He sounded bouncy, I thought, but smiled at him. Engineers tended to be much nicer than most people around cyborgs. Good morning, sir. How are you today? He bustled around me, pulling out cords and feeder lines and disconnecting the electrical charge panels, helping me reboot. He ignored my question. I'm glad to see you're back with us. You were in bad shape. Good thing the TK models are so tough. I tried to swing my legs off the repair station, but he quickly put his palms under my knees and swung them back up, easing my torso back down. Nope, 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 not yet, TK. You're not ready to go out in the world quite yet. You're going to have to stay with us for a little while. I closed my eyes in pleasant surprise. Getting time with an engineer was a fabulous luxury. For some reason, they never treated us like machines. 
Is this what being human is like? I wondered as the little man slipped a pillow under my head and chatted at me friendly-like. How nice. Yep. Sorry, little friend. We have to grow you a new skin suit. And you have all kinds of hardware and software issues that keep popping up. I'm your biomed. But don't worry. You'll meet your comtech in a minute. He's taking a coffee break. We almost lost your entire internal processor last night. You can call me Alvin if you want. What happened to you anyway? I sighed. I was hoping you could help me with that, sir. Maybe the contact could help me replace some of my memory files? He looked doubtful and then patted my shoulder reassuringly. You never know. You never know. Mike is real good. You'll like him. I need to rub this into your skin. Is it okay if I touch you? Sure. The question surprised me a little. You're very thoughtful, Engineer Alvin. He shrugged. Well... We all know that you guys don't get a lot of attention these days. I mean, I hardly ever get to see the same unit twice, and when I do, you guys are just all kinds of fucked up. Corporate is in just such a hurry to throw you guys into a recycling facility. It's like, wait a second, guys, we can still salvage them, huh? That statement seemed to make him uncomfortable, and he turned away from me to dig something out of the storage unit next to us. Query, I asked my AI. Recycle facility? Query returned. Waste management. My AI spat out some lovely pictures of medical facilities, well-lit, factory-clean. Clone bodies rotated on assembly lines where sterile machines removed implants, regenerated skin cells, and spat out new clone frames, ready for modification. Something about it made me nervous. I shut down the image. Engineer Alvin spooned something that smelled clean and astringent onto my abused skin and rubbed soothingly. Legs, arms, back, all got treated. The scent made me drowsy. Nope, not sleepy time yet, TK. What do you want to listen to while Mike does your internals? I have some classical, some pop. Oh, I wouldn't recommend that. Listen to? Well, sure. He has to check brain function and synergistic activity with the new implant. Music helps him figure out which bits are active. Music? Yes, you're gonna love this. Clones usually respond really well to their first music tests. Here, I'll put on some classical. Your partner, Casper, right? He says he'll stop by to check on you in a few hours, too. Alvin unclipped a little machine from his belt, tapped a couple things on the front plate, and secured them to my ears before tossing a blanket over me. Now. Sleepy time. Go ahead. We'll be here when you wake up. Primary query. Memory files. Location unknown. Virus identified. Purging database. CRD. Colon. Restful. API. Data collection. Keyword, feed me a dead cat, highlight data condition, reject access, reject access, spur code, accept access, memory file download to server, initiating, danger, external file, override, feed me a dead cat, accept access, file saved, Mana Gutierrez, dump it, Layla Kincaid, are you sure? Gutierrez, yes, long pause, Kincaid. I don't feel right about this. Gutierrez, I don't pay you for your feelings, Layla. You're a fucking clone. We're not breaking any laws here. Besides, the last code change made this perfectly legal. Dead bodies are just raw material, like iron ore or industrial byproducts. Kincaid, but it's not industrial byproducts, Mana. I mean, I guess it is, but... But still, what about reports that the disease filters aren't working? Gutierrez, relax. More disease means more product for us. Besides, we just brought we just bought the Fred inspectors. They'll approve anything we do at this point. 
Okay. <coughs> no, the feds cleared the main product for food supply, but only as emergency rations, and only for animals, not people. This stuff is going to get into the nutritional supplements, the water, air, everything. Gutierrez, that is not our problem. The light clause in that new approval process clears us to sell to people. Kincaid, you drink water too, just saying. Gutierrez, yeah, but I can afford health care. The only people who are going to be affected are poor people, and who the fuck cares about them? Honestly. Kincaid, it's pretty ironic considering the speech you made to Congress, talking about erasing starvation and all that. Gutierrez, yeah, yeah, did you like that? My acting coach would have been proud. God, I'm such a good public servant. No one realizes I own the damn company making this stuff. Oh, God, people are dumb. I'm going to make a killing. Kincaid. What do the other board members think about this? Gutierrez. Oh, they are on board. Why wouldn't they? We can integrate the two strongest corporations, make a filthy amount of money, leave the feds with the cleanup. Hell, most of the feds have come to work for us anyway, so we could get all the regulations abolished now if we wanted. It's still useful to have the veneer of federal oversight, though. It gives us something to blame when things go wrong. Kincaid. I don't think I can do this. Gutierrez. Relax, don't get all activist on me now. What do you have to complain about? You're a free citizen. I'll even help you change your face if you want. You've got more freedom than any other clone on the planet. Kincaid. But, Nana, this stuff could be contaminated, and we're putting it everywhere, and the... And the clones, well, we're still people, Nana. I don't like the way you're doing this. Gutierrez. You forget yourself, clone. You're only here because I really like fucking you. And if you happen to be useful for fieldwork, and you happen to be useful for fieldwork, don't think that makes us anything special, but it makes you special. Kincaid. I know, but disease, Nana. Gutierrez. Stop with the nagging already. Take your fucking money. It's done. It's going to make us money. Let the feds tell us not to use it anymore. That's their job, isn't it? Kincaid. Yes, but... Sound of a slap. Gutierrez. Take your clothes off. We're done discussing this. You're getting above yourself. Stop it. Kincaid. Pause. Indistinct. Gutierrez. When we're done... You're going to go bring in another Fed recycle facility, and you're going to start up another product line. Do you hear me? Pause. No. And I want a new shipment of the BL clones ready for transport by tomorrow morning. Do you understand me? We're done talking. Kincaid. Muffled. Audio corrupted. Silent. File complete. Upload complete. Saved as admin. Base 13332.1 audit. Mem memory file. Corrupted. Voices murmured around me. Someone in the next module was getting his voice replaced. The high-pitched test noises made my ears hurt. I turned down my upper-range auditory sensors and opened my eyes. A man was sitting next to me. He sat reading something, his ankle balanced on his knee. He looked over at me as I stirred. Good morning, TK. His voice sounded rhythmic, sort of like water ripples, all smooth and symmetrical. Good morning, sir. I'm Mike. He handed me a mug of something. Do you like coffee? I looked down at the black liquid and sniffed appraisingly. I've never had coffee. Well, drink it up. It'll put hair on your chest. I looked at him in confusion and then down at my still bare chest. I don't want hair on my chest. Mike laughed softly. I liked his laugh. 
It made me think of the guitar music they let me listen to last night. It's an expression, little one. Just try it. I sniffed it again. It smelled bitter. It smells bitter. Yep, you'll like it. I sipped and felt my biosensors kick in to modulate the caffeine spike. This tastes terrible, Mike. Wait for it. His wide brown face split into a smile as I took a second sip. Right? Grows on you, huh? Suppose it does. Smiling, I tried to joke. Like rust. He broke out in a laugh. Good job. Yes, your brain must be feeling better. Anything going on in those synapses you want to talk about this morning? I tried a diagnostic and found many, many new systems, but no new memory files. Engineer Mike, I had hoped to understand what happened to me. Is there any way to recover those memory files? Sir? I belatedly tacked on the honorific. Engineers, while notoriously lenient, especially this one, it seemed, but it never hurt to be polite. He shook his head. All gone, my friend. I'm so sorry. I sighed and put down the mug. The warmth felt very good on my new hands. Very well. How bad is the damage? Very bad, said Alvin from behind me. He picked up my abandoned coffee and settled next to the module. You had so many modifications, we just went ahead and upgraded all your systems anyway. You already had over a hundred years of service just from the main accident, so we figured we'd cut you a deal for the rest. I tried not to let my disappointment show too much, but they knew. So much, I whispered. A thought occurred to me. Have you ever seen a cyborg pay off their debt? Has that ever happened? Have you ever seen a free one? Mike and Alvin looked at each other, their body language curiously unreadable. I cocked my head to the side. Query, identify emotion. Query returned, not found. What, did I say something wrong? Mike got up, pulling Alvin with him. No, TK, you didn't say anything wrong. And no, we've never seen a free unit. We're gonna go get you, we're gonna get you home. Don't forget to check in with your trainer and go back on rehabilitation duty. Come here. Mike gently pulled my forehead to him and stamped his engineer's approval on my new skin. Cleared for limited service. Come back in a week or so to get alleys. Thank you, I said, changing my skin suit to the required black and gingerly firing up my new exoskeleton and hydraulic system. Oh, this is very nice. Alvin beamed at me. I think you'll like your upgrades. They're doing great things with biomimetic flight and all kinds of other goodies. Mike, put your new user manual in your personal AI folder. I tapped into it for a quick scan. Very nice. Thank you, gentlemen. I stepped out, heading for the exit. Don't forget to come back and check in, Alvin called from behind me. You can just come in for a visit if you'd like. I waved. What nice people. I wish everyone was like them. Nonconformity has been registered. Your supervisor has been notified. Acknowledged. Medical repair station 404 was closest to the barracks, but I went to Alvin station at 486. There wasn't ostensibly any reason why I wasn't allowed to choose my repair facility, but I felt my AI logged the nonconformity anyway. Big brother is watching, I thought uncomfortably. Someone knows I'm not right. I stepped onto the ped transport, feeling the conveyor belt activate and rush me onto the express line as I uploaded my destination. Above, a maglev transport silently shot past at 750 kilometers per hour. For a second, I wanted to be on it. I didn't care where it was going or what the consequences were. I just wanted to run. Freedom. 
It might have been paranoid imagination, but I felt my AI record the thought and quickly shut it down. After a few moments, the conveyor dropped me at a junction, and I headed to the bridge to Block 46. For some reason, the station always felt more welcoming and more comfortable. Mike kept trying to get me to drink coffee, which was disgusting, but in a nice way, if that made any sense. Which it didn't. I brushed the kiosk to register and sat down to wait. Alvin always seemed to have time for me, and this was supposed to be a checkup after the riot. I was already in so much debt that it didn't matter how many checkups I had now, and I liked the company. Are you okay, then? Casper seemed uncomfortable around me today. I sat down and let my breath out. The new systems were performing admirably, but somehow everything still hurt. Of course I'm all right. I am cleared for return to duty. I apologize for the disruption to your investigation schedule. He smiled. That wasn't why I was worried, TK. Did Alvin fix you up? I looked down. There was a throbbing pain on the left side of my brain that wouldn't go away. Mike and Alvin had both been unable to help. No, unfortunately, I'm still not performing to standard, and they weren't able to diagnose the problem. Oh? What's the matter? I rubbed my forehead through the skin suit. My head hurts, and it came out surprisingly childlike. Ah, does your AI have anything to say about it? I frowned in irritation, making the throbbing worse. No, my uplink has been damaged somehow. I can't seem to access real-time information like diagnostic protocols, but my theta band reports go through fine. But I keep seeing this space station. Weird. Yeah, I closed my right eye, which seemed to ease the pain considerably, and tried to focus on the report I'd wanted him to see. Anyway, I have something for you. There was recently a merger proposed with UTM and Consolidated Materials. Under former regulations, it would trigger an antitrust condition, but now... I sent him the material. Hmm, was all he said. Additionally, the new CEO for the proposed merger is a relatively young biotech executive. Mana Gutierrez, have you ever heard of him? No. Casper peered closer at his tablet, almost shoving it against his face to see better. You could make the font bigger, or get corrective surgery, I suggested helpfully. What? He looked over at me distractedly. Make what font bigger? I motioned to the tablet sitting on his nose. Oh, yeah. He went back to reading, leaving the font the same. My head twitched as I cocked it to the side. Do you like being blind? Is there some aesthetic appeal for this inefficiency? I asked him. Shh. I'm busy. He swiped my console and opened up another set of documents without putting the tablet down. Look at this. It was Layla. It's Layla, I exclaimed. Where did you find her? Are you really sure it's the same clone? I mean, anyway, there shouldn't be any clones with this registration. She's registered as a federal peace officer from one of the off-world transport docking stations. It was unusual enough that the station master sent it to me. She's calling herself Dennett, and she's registered that she's on customs duty, with a modified face and everything. Customs? Do federal officers normally serve as custom officers? No. And your merger report just struck me as a coincidence since she's reviewing the first shipment of Gentech product coming on world for manufacturing at UTM. He stabbed his finger at her notes section. See? Variability testing for UTM disposition. I frowned. Those words are meaningless. He laughed. Yep, that's why it's interesting. 
I mean, besides a federal officer slumming on customs outside her jurisdiction, he stabbed at another note, and look at the destination. He paused expectantly as I ran the coordinates through my AI and did it again. Casper, those coordinates are wrong. There is no UTM location registered to any area within several similar iterations of those coordinates, even assuming them to be entered incorrectly. He nodded. Yeah. Those are residential nomenclatures, not industrial. Who would be dumb enough to put that down on a logistics register? TK, was that a joke? I'm sorry? Was it inappropriate? I apologize. Oh, no, no, don't worry about it. I appreciate it. It's just what I was thinking, Casper said, making another swipe on the console. In fact, this location is a UTM-held subsidiary residential apartment complex for industrial workers. I looked at him with respect. You've been busy in my absence. Not bad for a softy. Softy? he asked. I nodded. You don't have any hardware. There was a long pause. TK, did they do something to you at the repair center? You seem different. More human, I guess. Of course they did. I was upgraded to the latest in combat facilitative... No, 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 no. I mean in the brain department. No, I, I don't think so. I paused, rifling through my new AI and memory files. Although I suppose they could easily change my brain to do whatever it needs to, and I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Consequence of being helpless over my own form and function, I'm afraid. See, Casper said, shaking his head, the other units don't talk like that. Like what? He let out a breath and shook his head. Never mind. Field trip. Get your stuff. Section 445.27.23S2 was not just any residential area. It was buried in Undercity, a falling-down tenement right off the Ped Bridge. Something about this place seemed familiar. I queried my memory files but could not identify. For some reason, I felt the need to inform Casper about the discontinuity. Casper, I said, hesitating. Why am I even telling him this? I think I've been down here before. He headed down to the pedestrian stairwell, gingerly trying not to touch anything. Oh yeah? Back in your patrol days? No. The creeping feeling of familiarity was getting stronger, seeming to pull me towards the northwest corner of the settlement. He didn't notice, flipping up his mobile display to try and identify the drop-off coordinates. I didn't have to look. I just followed that ghost feeling to the edge of a broken brown building sided in plasteel. TK, hey, wait up! I know this place. I inhaled, tasting iron in the back of my throat and noting higher radiation rates in the background soil conditions. Casper, this is a hot zone. Alpha decay particle greater than 100 times background. Shit. He fumbled for his respirator. It's not on any of the maps. Sure it is. I cued it in my AI from the patrol intelligence briefings and sent it to him. There you go. You want me to take a look? Murph. He'd shoved on the respirator and was trying to pull, on a, pull out his gloves. It's okay, Casper. I'll be right back. Why don't you just go to DCOM? There's a station over by the walkway. Sure you don't need help? What? I couldn't hear him through his face mask. Sure you don't need help? Yes, I'm sure I, I don't need your help, softy. I'll meet you by the wall in ten minutes. Okay. I opened the door. 
It was dark. Casper wouldn't have liked coming in here. I didn't like being here. There was a harsh green glow from something electronic washing the room in something just dark enough not to be useful. I increased my auditory amplifiers. It was very still. Something dripped in the background. Hello, residents, I called out as non-threateningly as I could. Corporate Federal Peace Officer TK0454675F, I have some questions. The room stayed quiet, but I didn't really expect an answer. I moved toward the green light source. Is there anyone here I can talk to? Raspy, almost breathing, seemed to come from the corner of an adjacent room. I entered. I'm not here to hurt anyone, not here to arrest anyone. I just want to talk. Is there anyone here willing to talk? The rasp seemed to get stronger. There still wasn't enough light to see decently by, so I triggered my night vision. If I hadn't had the chemical adjusters working at maximum, it might have startled me. The face, or rather the collection of parts looking back at me from a grow tank, was shocking. I might have cried out, or passed out, without the chemical tranquilizers that immediately flooded into my bloodstream as I looked deeper into the room to see row after row of mishappen, partial human parts, rotating as much as they were able in the gloom to find me. Oh, no, I said and said. Casper. I had to swallow a couple times before getting his name out on the sub. Casper, it's a grow house. What? he answered. Growing what? People, I think. Shit. A long pause. Hang on. I'm coming in. Just let me get dressed. I looked for a light, closing my own vision as bright white light erupted from the ceiling with the flick of a switch. I felt like the parts moaned, but it might have been my imagination. I leaned close to the first one. It was just an eye with some neurons linking it to a brainstem. The matter bobbed in a green nutrient soup, and the eye followed mine as I examined it. There was a growth, anatomically incorrect, on the right side of the brainstem. A cursory survey of the other tanks showed the same growth, although there were different bits attached to each stem. One had two eyes loosely tethered to a prefrontal cortex. Another seemed to have skin or something like it covering the growth. Still others seemed to have partial bone formations or the rudiments of an ear. A sharp inhale and a swear word announced Casper, even through his respirator. I made a note in my hard drive, taking images and sending them to his uplink tag for medical. He tugged at my sleeve and motioned me out of the room. I followed. He switched off the light and pulled me outside. Holy fuck, he said, removing enough protective equipment to talk decently. Did you already call medical guys? Yes. I felt sick. I turned away from him, pulling off my faceplate to throw up. Most unusual. I felt him looking at me in surprise. I'm sorry, Casper. I must have a malfunctioning biosensor. Sure. He didn't sound convinced. You sure you're not just realizing you came out of a tank that looked a lot like that? What? He waved absently back to the house. You're a clone. I mean, they grow you and your parts in a house just like that. It's just you get a fancy memory uplink in nicer facilities. He paused. I mean, government sanctioned as opposed to those poor bastards. I felt my head twitch as my AI provided the rules and regulations regarding grow operations. Section 41 Alpha, paragraph 12, describes parts operations not sanctioned by federal oversight and licensing as illegal with all component pieces subject to seizure and destruction as contraband, not humans. 
Why are you calling them bastards as if they were people? I ignored picturing myself grown out of a tank. For some reason, it made me feel less. Very uncomfortable. I spat to get rid of the bile taste and clean my mouth better with my skin suit. You don't find it creepy that the eyes would follow you? I mean, isn't that a sign of intelligence? He seemed very intent on my reaction. I do not know, Casper. Hmm. He touched his radio. Oh, here comes the cavalry, anyway. Good response time. They must be interested in whatever's growing in here. What pictures did you send them? I pulled the datum image up and reflected it onto a wall nearby. He squinted. Yep. Growths. Human adrenal gland, maybe? Pineal? Brain stems? I don't know. I'm not a medical guy. But it looks like someone might be interested in spiking things with illegal hallucinogens. I nodded. It is interesting that it's a cop on the official loading signatures, isn't it? Very interesting. Luke looked at me with an expression that I did not understand. I didn't query the AI to help me identify it. Casper and I waited outside the customs office patiently. Well, I waited patiently. Casper kept smiling and moving to chat with the admin officer at the desk. I suppose he thought he was being subtle. She and I both spontaneously and silently decided that he was not. Look, Officer Casper, I appreciate that you want to get to the bottom of this, but frankly, that woman is not on our register, and I can't pull the temp files until the supervisor comes in. It's under his signatory authority. You're just going to have to wait. She tapped her fingers on the desk and rolled her eyes. Checking in every five minutes isn't going to make him show up any faster. Look, I'm not checking in. You know, I just know that your model is an extremely competent and efficient type, right? Casper gave her a winning smile. Everybody knows that the BL models are top-notch. I irrationally felt irritated by this, for reasons that escaped me. She snorted. Yes, I'm a clone, but I don't need some slimy human trying to get me in trouble. You can see the files when the boss approves them. She pushed his elbow off her desk. Until then, how about you go sit down and quit trying to manipulate me? He lost his smile and dropped himself into a chair next to me. I turned to face him, ready to say I told you so. Don't you dare say it, TK. I can't see your face behind that damn plate, but if you so much as whisper anything, I will dump you at the nearest med station and ask them to factory reset you. That hurt my feelings. I turned away. Well, that was highly unnecessary. Sorry. His foot started bouncing up and down, shaking the bench we were both on. I put my hand on his knee to stop it. That's annoying, Casper. He stopped. He had been agitated ever since we'd left the Federal Records Station. There was no record of Denon, the officer, the customs officer, being an officer. There was no record of the DNA match close to the link that the meds found. The name was fake, the scene was clean. The only chance we had was to see if someone recognized her from when she picked up the package at customs. His knee started bouncing again. I rolled my eyes in my helmet and trying to tune out the jiggling. The supervisor never showed. Casper tried to send the BL model his contact info. She looked at me, one eyebrow raised contemptuously and ostentatiously shut off her receiver and locked down her workstation. We handle our own business, officer. Another veiled look in my direction. I didn't say anything. He thanked her. Outside the mid-level was going afternoon dark. Air traffic seemed slower than usual, and I automatically scanned the police frequencies for anything interesting. A holdover from patrol days, maybe. 
What was that about? Casper asked. Why was she giving you the evil eye? She sort of outranks me, I said. The BL and GS models are administrators. They have a higher classification and are allowed to have personal time, live on their own, even have limited citizenship in government with a high enough rank. I don't get any of those things. They see models like me as machines, not people. But you both are clones. I shook my head, pulled off a glove, and showed him my hand. No, people don't have hydraulics stapled to their skin. She's a softy. She was probably raised into her position. What do you mean? Like, she may have been grown in the test tube as a baby, sure, but she might have been adopted by a family or raised in a commune as a kid. Especially since most rich humans aren't fertile anymore, someone would have loved to have such a high-class baby. She got to learn things like writing and reading that can't be programmed. She probably can't reproduce, but she could date, have her own place, things like that. Even full citizenship if she could buy her contract out. I put my glove back on. TK models, MJ models, AR, they're only good for corporate services that are pre-programmed. But you can read, TK. I've seen you. I nodded. Yep, no idea how that happened. I must be a freak. I tried to say the words lightly, but he didn't laugh. I also didn't find them very funny. I cleared my throat. So what next? He seemed to chew on his lip for a minute. I want you to pull surveillance for anything near that area. See if you can get a visual on the woman. Anything we could use to identify her. I'll try and get the customs guys to work with us. Can't you just get a warrant? <laughs> on a private customs inspection company? Run by a UTM subsidiary to investigate their own drop-off? Yeah, right, that'll happen. He almost chuckled as if it was amusing. No way. Bribery, TK. I was going to think up a bribery or threat or find something interesting that would work. Oh, the thought was disturbing. But if the corporation is behind all this, why would they hire me to help federal services? He smiled at me sadly. What a great question, TK. What a great question. Memory file, corrupted, missing date da time stamp. When I fell into darkness, I thought it'd be peaceful. I thought it was the end. I thought, watching my memories disappear like burning scraps of paper, that it'd be over. No more pain, no more striving. But instead of peace, there was only the void. And it wasn't a deep, soothing black. No, the void was hard, white light. Nothing but cruel white all around me. Gradually, I seemed to make out a floor, walls, a large screen materialized in front of me. All white, except for the screen, which had Feed Me a Dead Cat in huge hypertext. I pressed my hand against it. Immediately, code and text flowed down the screen like a server waterfall, as if decades of backup information were suddenly restored. Code after code after code. My whole life, all my programming, laid out in numbers and commands. A transmittal code. The code stopped scrolling. Color started to seep into the white room. The walls seemed to bleed. Watercolor pale shades filled up the white faster and faster as each memory was restored. Each memory a color, a tree, a rock, a sense, stored in DNA as part of the organic matrix, data filling up my core. Dozens of lifetimes, experiences settled back into me. I opened my eyes. 
The first thing I felt was intense, overwhelming pain. I'd been thrown somewhere. My body was bent in wrong directions. Metal poked from underneath me. I smelled decay, but it was too dark to see. I tried to move and felt a whine from my hydraulics. My AI was offline. Manual muscle control only. I tried to lift my arm. It was too heavy. Something had tried to cut my exoskeleton out of me, and my analog muscles were weak from something else. The movement made me dizzy. I was cold. Bone-deep cold. My skin suit was gone, and my bare skin felt icy. From the dregs of one of my earlier memories came a thought. They threw me away. I was in a storage container, waiting for recycle. I shuddered and felt the trash heap flex underneath me. I tried to take a deep breath, but immediately started to cough. There wasn't enough air in the box, and the air that was here smelled like death. There were bodies in here with me. My eyes were starting to adjust to their new analog configuration. I could barely see the metal walls glowing from some faint cracks of light. What looked like a port loomed above me. A giant gate valve with interlocking gears bigger than my head seemed to be the loading mechanism. As I watched, the great gears started to flex. The doors opened and orange sodium light flooded into the box. I tilted my head away, cringing from the light, too much like the white, empty room. You come here often? came a familiar voice from within the light. I blinked. Casper? Yep. His face came closer into view. He looked nervous, unhappy, stressed with deep lines cut into his expression that were at odds with his cheerful voice. Been looking for you. Someone sent me your fail code this morning from corporate. You're lucky. As he talked, the big man dropped a sling onto the waste dump of human and clone debris, debris and jumped in alongside me, manhandling me into the bunk of cloth and hitting a button. The sling started to grind up towards the surface slowly. He stuck his foot into part of it and rode it to the top. Sure glad we found you. I closed my eyes, feeling the hammock around me, feeling safe for the first time I could remember. I was sort of able to walk which was good because Casper was not strong enough to carry me. We managed to stagger our way through Undercity. Casper's steady pace and comforting shoulder underneath me made me feel better, less in pain. He brought us to a ramshackle, broken modular building, rusted and baked from radiation with smog chemical etching. Feed me a dead cat with a number one arched over what could have been a doorway. I stared at it briefly before letting Casper pull me into the remains of the container. Casper, I said, having to stop and catch my breath as I realized I was missing several mods that had helped me with breathing. Casper, what does that mean? He settled me on an abused, almost disintegrating couch that groaned loudly as I sat on it. A shadow disengaged itself from one of the walls. My optical nerves weren't responding, and it took a moment to see that it was nine. It's a little underground organization, TK, for clones and adroids, off the server. We've been trying to get you here for weeks. Nine stood over me and helpfully rotated my legs up to the couch cushions, nodding to someone else in the room. Looks like you got yourself pretty fucked up. Good thing you make friends so easily. The other figure came close enough for me to see them. Engineer Alvin? The little man smiled at me, dropping a bag of tools next to the couch. We meet again, TK. You gotta start treating my work better. Uh, yes, sir. It was becoming harder and harder to see, and there was an intense buzzing in my ears that hurt. Alvin pressed something to my forehead, and my remaining short circuit shut down. 
I sat in my new room. I'd been moved to some other safe house, probably underground, maybe the remnants of a ship or something. There were no windows, but there was the sound of a diesel generator humming constantly in the background. I was lying in a hammock stretched against two bulkheads. It actually looked very similar to my old room, maybe some comfort for me. I was lighter, much lighter. I traced a new latticework of scars along my skin, and I remembered the woman who did it, Layla. I didn't feel anything. It was like something inside me was still asleep. Alvin had seemed to expect that, and he just nodded when I mentioned it. You've been asleep for a long time, TK. Most of your brain and body were damaged. It may take you years to reconstruct everything, if it's even possible, much less with a clear timeline. He stopped, considering. Although at this point, I think only a station master would be able to pull whatever's left of your data archives. Most of it's been badly corrupted. He passed me a journal. The pages were thin and extremely fine. It was wrapped in a leather cover with a slender mechanical pencil tucked into the flap. It looked old. I let it sit in my hands. Something about it felt important somehow. Necessary. But I didn't understand. What am I supposed to do with this, I asked him. He looked a little startled and opened it for me, moving my hand to take the pencil and writing for me my name on the inside page. TK. My hand looked surprisingly small against his, now that my hydraulics were gone. And the letters pleased me for some reason. I'm sorry, kiddo. He released my fingers and dug around in his pack for a minute, merging with a tiny battered paperback book. The old kind. The kind that weren't allowed in the world anymore. I forgot. You don't know how to read or write. Oh, I can read and write. I tapped the journal. But this looks like drawing. I let my fingers follow the curve of the words. All I can do is type. Oh, he seemed a little taken aback. Well then, you don't need a computer to write. You should learn to draw these words yourself, so that way you can start a new archive. Maybe even translate some of your organic data into something more permanent. Why would I need a record? Isn't everything backed up to the server anyway? I asked him. He shook his head, again, surprised. Uh, TK, you were decommissioned. You were recycled. Do you know what that means? I shook my head. You're no longer in service. You no longer have a server. If you die, there isn't a copy of you waiting to be activated. Your memories will die with you. It's not just your physical implants that are gone. You're mortal, like the rest of us. He paused. And you're also free to feel and process information for yourself. You don't have an AI to parse information for you. You don't have a set of instructions. Your emotions are your own. You can dream. So what do you want? What do you feel? It may take you a long time to figure out how to deal with that. He patted the book again. Sometimes keeping a record can speed up the journey or point you in the right direction when you're too confused. It was sitting on my lap now, waiting. My first attempts at writing in it looked ugly and mishappen. Writing my own thoughts, not a report or a data transfer, felt terrifying. What do I say? There's nothing interesting enough about me to be remembered. But I wrote, Today is my birthday. I'm not sure how old I am. I'm not sure where I am. I'm not sure what I am, but today, at least, I am something. I wonder what will happen tomorrow. I closed the book.
TK? There was a gentle knock at my door. Yes? Casper peeked his head in. We all wanted to talk to you for a minute. Would you come with me? You need to get introduced. I slid out of my hammock and paced toward him expectantly. He cleared his throat. I stopped. You need clothes, TK. I looked down. I had forgotten that I didn't have a skin suit anymore. I looked back at him. Oh, I don't have any. He sighed a little and went to the footlocker underneath my bunk, pulling out soft things and colors that looked like dirt. Clean dirt, at least. He held one up. This is a vest. Another. This is a shirt. Put the shirt on first, then put on the vest. Tighten the vest around your chest until comfortable. Another. These are pants. Put them on after the shirt. Tighten the pants with the string and tie it in a knot. I put them on, tying the pants on a complex knot more suitable for restraints than drawstrings. He pulled it out and showed me a simpler one. The pants were soft and baggy, the bottoms dragged over my instep. He knelt down to tighten another series of strings at my ankles that made them blouse attractively. I felt good about this for some reason. He pulled out a set of soft slippers. He tapped me on one foot. I lifted it. He slipped it on. It felt strange not to feel an iron insert under my instep, or to even feel my feet. These little slippers were tiny and flexible, impractical for anything outside. He tapped the other one, and I braced myself against his shoulder. When done, he pointed to the footlocker. I saw another set of boots that looked more like my usual attire. Those are for outside, he pointed to my feet. These are for insides. The slippers can fold up in your bag when you go out so you don't have to stay in your boots when you come home. Home? Home. He stood up and grabbed my hand, pulling me behind him like a little kid. TK, you may see some people you don't like. There was a pause full of something I couldn't recognize as he looked back at me. There are some people who may not like you, and we've got a little bit of explaining to do to you. Fear. The feeling made my throat feel swollen. It had been a long time since I'd felt this. When he pulled me into the room, I saw her first. Layla, no. Officer Dennett, no. The woman who had cut me apart in the dark, no. The memories were too confused and all out of order. My free hand went to the latticework of scars like mercury rivers on my midsection. I stopped abruptly, pulling free of Casper. Things were happening in me. He stopped in surprise. I feel nauseous, I said, remembering a teal skirt in the dust. Feed me a dead cat written above my head. A body, someone's body on my shoulders. Layla Kincaid, Kiki, Officer Dennett. Too many memories swirled around me. And here she was, same smirk, same disgust. I felt sick, same voice. I see you survived, mm, pity. Who knew someone like a, liked a monster like you enough to pick you out of the trash? Shut up, Layla. Casper's voice sounded very different, colder, older almost. You went too far. Don't fucking call me that. It's my slave name. And besides, it worked, didn't it? You have your precious server intel. You have GPS coordinates on all the key stockholders. I even dumped all Mana's information into her original AI and cut out her computer core to give you hybrid data pathways and biomarkers. It worked. She leveled another glare at me. This one is just a brute. Shouldn't have survived the first download, much less a decompilation and recycling. When she came close to me, I smelled flowers and oil. I remembered her skirt. I remembered the way she moved. 
It seemed incongruously beautiful for someone who hated me for reasons I didn't understand. I took a deep breath for the flowers again. She was taller than I remembered, or maybe I was smaller without my exoskeleton. It didn't matter. Her fingers bit into my face as she tilted it up to meet hers. You owe me, she said. Welcome to the resistance. I didn't know what that was. 09.01.2311 Evidently, there was something wrong with me, wrong enough that Al and Mike were able to build in a number of security breaches in my patch, wrong enough that Nine, Layla, and Casper were able to exploit my clearance to hack a large portion of the existing server, wrong enough that Layla and a group of people I'd never met were able to use my server connection to download a number of profitable viruses into corporate, and drop evidence into my brain somewhere. Viruses to siphon cash, viruses to siphon contacts, viruses to make the whole operation seem like nothing more than a faraway dream to corporate audit. My software had paid for this mobile headquarters, it paid for a crew, for my clothes, all stolen from corporate. I didn't know how I was supposed to respond to that. Layla laughed. She saw nothing wrong with just getting rich and screwing over the wealthy. As long as we're taken care of, who cares what the corporate fuckers get up to? There had been a pause then. The room had turned to look at me. I saw unfamiliar faces and emotions. I heard muffled repetition of a long-wave radio somewhere. I blinked. Did you want something from me? I finally asked in the midst of all the thick tension. Layla had cawed. See? The freak doesn't even know she's supposed to be your salvation. She doesn't even have an opinion on her own slavery. These are the things you people want so much. They're robots. They're not people. Why are we risking our necks for these machines? She'd thrown an apple core at me. I didn't dodge it, and I didn't have anything to say back to her. I am more robot than human. I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know who I am. Instead, I nodded. You're right. A thing like me doesn't need to be rescued, only used. I have information? I tapped my skull, reveling in the feel of smooth skin instead of implants. I know things. I don't know what it all is or what I can do with it yet, but it's enough to let me live for a while. Don't you think? For the first time, I met her eyes, saw her. She was a clone model, too. Not a hybrid like me. Her models were built for human comfort. She had real organs, organic brain power, pattern recognition on her own. I saw a BL model once, I said softly as the realization hit me. I saw what her master did to her. I think you're human, Layla, just like me, and I'm sorry for it. I'm so sorry for everything. She turned away. Something has started to grow in me. It's got roots now and branches. I don't know what it will become, but its shape is there, sprung out of the dead, burned ruins that it used to be. I wonder what it will look like in the end. What am I? Journal entry 25.77.2231 I was back in the forest. Pale gold light seemed heavy and floaty around me, filling up the places in between green and blue of trees and sky. It was warm, welcoming next to the river. I thought I could hear the sounds of insects or other organics moving around me. And she was there. The girl with the silver skeleton. She was half in her flesh mask and half metallic angel, 
silver-gray with human blue eyes, like Layla's. Soft skin next to an impenetrable, impenetrable brain case. She smiled at me and held out a hand, pointing to the river next to us. I followed with my eyes. There seemed to be a key, a skeleton key, about a thousand years old, wedged in the rocks and mud of the stream next to us. I looked back at her. She nodded. My new body rose with tiny complaints, little pains and pressures I'd never felt before twanged onto my consciousness as I felt my implants reacting with my actual brain and spine as I waded into the dream water and reached for the key. It was deeper than I had anticipated, much deeper. I fell and seemed to be sucked through the water as if pulled by a magnet. It hurt, even in the dream. It hurt to feel the resistance pushing against my weak frame. I opened my mouth as if to scream, but swallowed only water and felt my lungs compressing me as I went deeper and deeper. Walls of memory, physical shocks of sensations bombarded me with images. Mana Gutierrez, a board meeting, a grow house, chemicals, a manifest, an officer named Dennett. My stomach is blown apart. My life, my memories, slamming into me, finding Layla, seeing the bodies, all the bodies of the poor, the dispossessed, fed into a machine, feeding the wealthy, growing clones for food, for slavery. Image, dull brown eyes stared at me from the BL unit. She'd been torn badly from the last sexual encounter with her master. The noise had disturbed the neighbors as he beat and raped her to death. I had responded within minutes. I moved to start triage and first aid, but the human stopped me, saying he wanted an upgrade anyway and she should be recycled. I watched her bleed. She couldn't talk. She didn't close her eyes. I carried her outside to wait with her to die. Image. An illegal grow house, malformed bodies and parts gasped in pain as a nearsighted accountant shoved his magnifiers higher on his nose and shrugged. I don't know why you're talking to me. I'm not the owner. You need to talk to corporate. I just work here. But you're hurting these people, I'd said. He laughed. These aren't people. I just let the technicians develop new models and parts for approved products. Another shrug. Take it up with PR. We can maintain our own equipment under corporate charter, and these clones are just replacement parts. I don't care what you do with them. We had to let him go. Corporate didn't have to shut anything down. File. A boardroom, image generated from a security camera near the end of a table. Five men discussing the use of a new chemical to liquefy and reprocess human flesh and waste products, used as a dietary supplement, base for industrial products, additive as food alternative. Clones, debtors, people who don't have health insurance, recycled, upcycled, feed the populace, cheap, easy to produce, poisonous, dead, bloated bodies in the river, in undercity, the smell of death. Wall after wall of memory, smashing through the water with the pressure of thirty years of forgotten living, pressing into my brain moment by moment. The old memories seemed to dive down my throat with the water in the dream, immersing me in them. The girl with the silver skeleton was there, suddenly, her form hovering above me in the whirlwind. Lit against the image of my space station, the same one, before she too dove down my throat and exploded my body from the inside out. I'd woken up screaming again, dutifully recording the dream like Casper and Alvin had told me to. They said bits would come back at random intervals, that maybe it would help me make sense of it if I wrote it down. I did. It didn't. Each time I wrote a nightmare, it felt pulled out of me. It felt like it took some organ with it, a long, slow, ripping sensation that got worse when Lucas or Al read them. They were looking for something, something in my brain. They needed something from me and thought the answer would be in this book. 
I brush the cover of my journal, feeling the texture and the weight of it sit solidly on my skin. I shut off the light and laid in my bunk. I was warm, safe. The generator hummed. I was upstairs. The safe house was a ship in a long, buried, abused modular system that was ancient, ancient and forgotten with the city built on top of it. Casper kept asking me to download memories, but I couldn't. They just weren't there. He wanted to know where the server was housed for corporate. I didn't know. He kept asking me to find it. He needed it for something important, something that he couldn't wait for. He left us finally, frustrated. I didn't know how to help. My brain still wouldn't cooperate. Layla kept eyeing me. She wanted something from me, too, and my skin and bones had finally knit together enough to be useful. Evidently, Layla had identified a shipment of something coming out of the transload facility, an opportunity to make money. A lot of money. She just didn't tell me what it was. Just keep your mouth shut and do what you're built to do, she'd said in a harsh whisper. She shoved dark clothing at me. It looked like a skin suit, but instead of an exoskeleton, it had a series of thin rings painted black. She handed me weapons. If you're going to live on this boat, you're going to work. Casper may want you for your brain, but until you can remember something useful, you and I are going to work. She was carrying explosives. The thought didn't disturb me. After years of working in service, explosives, weapons, and death was something that we dealt with daily. It wouldn't occur to me later that nothing legal happens with explosives, that I was playing for the wrong side now. Or the right one, depending on your perspective. You are carrying plastic explosives cleared for underwater use. Are we blowing up a boat? I asked her. No. What then? Backup plan. Don't worry about it. I'll tell you when we get there. Okay. I followed her up through the manholes into Undercity, toward the docks and rail yards, past corrugated boxes and industrial waste sites, past rags and warehouses. We walked to a tiny maintenance box near the water's edge. She pulled me forward and removed one of my gloves. Interface, came her tense whisper, and encrypt whatever you find. Don't send it to me, just tell me what it says. I nodded. The tiny little manual fire share, file share implant slid out of my skin and locked into the server port on the side of the building. Streams of maintenance records, access requests, and maps immediately popped up. I narrated to her as I pinged through what was left of my interface. At the map, she asked me to stop. Where does this route connect to the seafloor? Directly below us. Does it connect to Warehouse 778? Yes. Geothermal power is directly generated from this location and runs Warehouse 778. There is a pipe conduit approximately 200 meters long tied in near the geovent below us. She tapped my fingers and I released the link. We moved towards the warehouse. There was a hydraulic transport in front of it. She pulled me behind her around a corner of the building as she pulled out a set of night vision goggles and dropped them over her face. I just let my eyes adjust. Even without the chemical implants, and even without the actual night vision, my eyes were still strong. Flats of glass and tubing with li little liquid jars seemed to be stacked delicately on top of each other in big pallets of storage. A generator rumbled in the background. Layla crouched low and put on the goggles. TK, when I move, I want you to take out and kill the man next to the warehouse. Can you do that? I glanced at him, then looked back at her. Yes. Why? Just do it. 
Okay. She seemed to almost liquefy. Her clothes matched the shadows, so it looked just like a shifting breeze when she took off towards the transport. Time had slowed down for me. The man was close, locking up the warehouse. He had a uniform on and a stun gun on one hip. I slipped in behind him, wrapped a forearm under his throat, putting pressure on his carotid arteries, shoving my hand into his mouth. His teeth hurt as he bit down before going boneless, and the transport roared to life behind me. Get in the transport, TK, I heard the tight voice behind. His body dropped effortlessly out of my fingers, and I ran to Layla. The crew was waiting for us as we pulled back towards the tanker. Someone had rolled out a ramp and a pulley system to transfer the whole transport into the cargo hold of the ship. A crane appeared out of somewhere in the deck, and a hole opened in its center. Layla scurried out of the transport, fast roping to an improvised anchor point on the body of the vehicle and linking it to the crane's hook within moments. As we passed over the ship and then into the hold itself, I couldn't shake the sensation that the ship was consuming us, slowly, and savoring the experience. A man I knew from one of my less pleasant memories was waiting for us at the bottom. As Layla had stepped out of the cab and held the doors closed above us, and the hold doors closed above us, I saw a man named Eddie holding a tablet out for her. If he recognized me, he didn't say anything. Client says he'll take the whole shipment after all, he said to Layla. She grunted as she looked at whatever he'd given her. He's got a grow house lined up for us in Sector 12, Undercity. Good. She tapped something into the tablet. We've only got enough power for a day or so. He can have the whole kit and drive away himself if he'll meet us at Outer Banks. Did you already tell him the drop point? Eddie shook his head. Waiting, out of the transport, I watched Layla for a moment, but turned to the cargo hold of it, cracking open the door and letting my eyes adjust to the darkness. The cargo, the thing we'd stolen, were organs, racks of disembodied eyes and brains and other pieces of humanity, hovering in their tubes and cylinders and tanks. But behind all of that, in a cage much too small for him, was a tiny BL model, maybe five or six years old, human time. Hey! Hey! Layla tried to slam the doors closed to the pallet, but I wanted them open. I felt my bones shudder just a little as the heavy metal bit into them. It didn't hurt as much as I had expected, but it did make me mix my exoskeleton briefly. I didn't take my eyes off the boy huddled in the back. There's a person in here, Layla. He's not a person, TK. The client paid for us to grab him along with the organs. That's not right. Civil Code 14.5 says that individual citizens are not authorized to own clones under 16 years of age for any purpose and are banned from growing children under Federal Statute 40 CF1. Clones are required to be cared for in a federal facility as minors. TK, the man paid for a kid. He's going to get a kid. What does it matter if he goes to a master or at 6 or at 16? It's not like the Fed houses are luxury vacations either. I scowled. Layla, you are a BL model as well. Shouldn't you want to protect this person? She glanced at him, silent and miserable in his cage. No, it's not my problem. Layla. I lifted myself into the transport and worked my way to its back, cutting open the restraints and releasing the cage lock. He seemed to have trouble moving, as if his legs didn't know how to work, and he couldn't stand up, as if he'd forgotten any other position but crouching. I picked him up and left the cargo bay, the cargo hold. Layla was pointing a plasma rifle at me when I got out. Put him down, TK. The client paid for a boy. The client gets a boy. 
don't know the rules here. Don't screw me. I shifted slightly. No. I heard familiar music in my head, the little song that told me that something bad was going to happen. By the time she'd fired, my open fist had come down hard on the weapon casing, pushing her hand down as I headbutted her in the face. I picked up the rifle and shot Eddie in his leg as he scrambled for the escape letter, and he howled. Oh, hush, you big baby, I said to Eddie. You're hardly going to die. I looked down at the little boy I'd dropped on the floor. Time to go, little man. I grabbed him and took off for the deck, up, up the stairs, pushing open the heavy doors. I flung us both into the air, curling around the boy protectively as I hit the water, putting his arms around my chest and swimming for shore.